Hey everybody, welcome to Digging Deeper, a podcast of the Glendale Road Church of Christ. I'm Stephen Hunter, the preacher of the Glendale Road Church of Christ, and I welcome you with open arms and, well, there you go. One of the unique features among Churches of Christ versus many other churches is that we take communion, or the Lord's Supper, every Sunday. Now some take it monthly, quarterly, yearly, or any time they get together. What I want to do is look at how the early church took the Lord's Supper and find out when did things begin to change. The earliest account comes from 1 Corinthians 10.16 and chapter 11 verses 23 through 26. Now this account in 1 Corinthians actually predates Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It was written about 55 AD, whereas the others were just a few years after. Uh, These are familiar passages, and we have the accounts given in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which are similar to what Paul wrote. But when we read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 17 and 18, that begins with a context of the public assembly, or church services. And everything that occurs in that assembly is detailed throughout chapters 11 all the way chapter all the way through chapter 16 when we arrive at 1 Corinthians 16 verses 1 and 2 the implication is that they did all of these weekly so every week the saints met on Sunday and they partook of communion every Sunday now hang with me paul departed from philippi just after the days of unleavened bread according to acts 20 verse 6. Now he hurriedly made his way toward Jerusalem where he hoped to arrive by Pentecost, which was slightly more than a month away. He still had a journey of several hundred miles remaining, but he took the time to linger seven days in Troas, uh, the port city of Mysia. Why this delay, given his urgent mission, you might wonder? The most reasonable answer is this. The apostle wanted to meet with the whole church in Troas, and he knew the brethren would be assembled on the Lord's Day. So you can note Luke's use of a conjunction to mark the transition between verses 6 and 7 of chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verses 6 and 7, which reads, But we sailed from Philippi after the days of the unleavened bread, and in five days we joined them in Troas where we stayed for seven days. On the first day of the week, when we met to break bread, Paul was holding a discussion with them, since he intended to leave the next day. He continued speaking until midnight. Boy, I bet you're glad your preachers don't preach until midnight. I know I am. I wouldn't want to do that. Um, The term came together. Let's see. On the first day of the week... Uh, let's see where was that you're catching this live even my mistakes uh, the term came together often indicates worship assembly uh, and we get our word synagogue from this word sunagoge means uh, coming together now <clears throat> there's some scriptural evidence and I know a lot of people will read Acts 20 and 1 Corinthians and some of the others, and they and they say, well, if you if you partake of it every week, then it's going to lose its meaning, or you may not take it as seriously. And and I I can agree with that, except you and I cannot take away or add to the meaning of the Lord's Supper because God has already given it its meaning. 
There's nothing we can do to make it more special. There's nothing we can do to make it more reverent. We partake of it because God has given the meaning to it. So, leading up to, to, to a quote that I'm going to give you from uh, an early church writing was a discussion about the Lord's Supper. So this is a continuation of that discussion. From a letter called Didache, mentioned it I think last week, uh, written somewhere between 50 and 60 AD. Here's what it says. Having earlier confessed your sins so that your sacrifice may be pure, come together each Lord's Day, break bread and give thanks. So from non-inspired writings, we see that Christians were meeting every first day of the week to break bread and to give thanks. Now, there is a rather longer quotation from Justin Martyr. Uh, He wrote this, his first apology. Uh, An apology in Greek means defense. It doesn't mean to apologize. Uh, So his first apology, written between the years 155 and 157, and he details what Christians did on Sunday, kind of similar to Didache. Here's what he says. And on the day called Sunday, all who live in cities or in the country gather together to one place. Then we all rise together and pray. And as we before said, when our prayer is ended, bread and wine and water are brought. And the president, in like manner, offers prayers and thanksgivings according to his ability. And the people assent, saying, Amen. And there is a distribution to each and a participation of that over which thanks have been given. And to those who are absent, a portion is sent by the deacons. Now, the reason that bread, wine, and water are sent for is because to drink pure wine would lead to intoxication. So one of the habits of people in antiquity was to put water with the wine to dilute it so that you didn't turn out intoxicated. Uh, Sometimes it was two parts water, one part wine. And it kind of worked hand in hand because the alcohol or the fermentation of the wine would kill any bacteria that may have been in the water. The water would have diluted the wine so that it wasn't intoxicating. And there are writings from antiquity that say to drink wine, uh, rather to drink undiluted wine, was barbarous. So... In that quotation, that's where the the water comes in with the bread and the wine that are a part of the Lord's Supper. So this was on the day called Sunday, and Justin Martyr was writing about this of every Sunday, not just one, but he says every Sunday. And those who weren't able to make it, the deacons were the ones who took them their portion so that they also could partake. So when did things begin to change? So, let's establish this. So far, according to scripture and some non-inspired Christian writings, every Sunday, when Christians gathered together to worship, they observed the Lord's Supper, communion. Some people call it Eucharist. Uh, Eucharist is a Greek word that means thanksgiving. And it's actually used in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the giving of thanks. So every Sunday they did this. When did things begin to change? By the 4th century, it was observed daily. The medieval church required penance before taking it, so many believers only took it annually. 
the absolute minimum permitted by the clergy. Now this was right before the Reformation. As a matter of fact, John Calvin in his Institutes wrote this. The Lord's table should have been spared, excuse me, the Lord's table should have been spread at least once a week for the assembly of Christians, and the promises declared in it should feed us spiritually. Well, the powers that be in Geneva where Calvin reformed were unwilling for the Reformation to go this far, but they permitted it to be taken four times a year. This is why many Protestant churches observe it as infrequently as they do, while the ancient Christians observed it frequently. Now, infrequency will not make it more meaningful as much as weekly partaking makes it less meaningful. As I've said, God has given the supper its meaning, and nothing, absolutely nothing, can change that. If a person finds it too common, then that's a heart problem, not the observation. We partake in the manner of our forebearers because they, having the apostles of Jesus, were so instructed to do. So, as we continue along this series of When Things Change, I hope this has been clear to you, and I hope that if you're part of a tradition that doesn't partake of it every first day of the week, I hope that you will change your mind and maybe partake of it every first day of the week, as was designed by our Lord and by his apostles. Well, this is Stephen Hunter, and I'm going to be signing off. I thank you for listening, and Lord willing, we'll see you next week.